Have you ever seen these guys on TV, these celebrities like Leonardo DiCaprio, Ryan Gosling, Usher, all these other famous singers, and think to yourself, man, of course women like them. They're famous. Well, what if I told you that fame doesn't mean shit when you have game? That when your social skills are on point, fame is a non-factor. It's true. I mean, when your game, when your skills, your social skills, your ability to connect with people, to communicate, to get them in your thrall, when you when that's on point, you, my friend, are unstoppable. It is the ultimate equalizer. It's the thing that levels the playing field and gives you the chance to be any guy, anywhere, anytime, and be the better option, regardless of who you are, regardless of who they are, and it doesn't matter where you are. When you game, when that thing's on point, sir, let me tell you, the world is yours. And in this episode, we're going to talk about that. Specifically, I'm going to tell you a story about how me and a friend of mine, we outgamed a boy band and went over this pair of beautiful women at a famous hotel in downtown LA. And so I'm going to share every little thing. I'm going to tell you what we did, what we said, how we approached, how they came in and tried to ruin everything, how we handled it, and how with one sentence, we destroyed their whole confidence. Let's get into it. Hey, what's going on, superstar? Welcome back. Welcome back to the Red Velvet Podcast. It's your boy. It's me, Pablo Rosario. I miss you. I love you. What's going on? How you been sleeping? How you been doing this past week? I hope you've been enjoying it. You know, we're going to the middle of September here and approaching the fourth quarter of the year. And around this time, a lot of people, well, they're kind of still on autopilot from the summer. You know, they go, okay, just another week, another Monday, another week. I don't want that to be you. I want you to snap out of it right now and just take this moment to be like, no, hold up. Where am I going? Where am I at? What have I What have I been doing the last few weeks? And if it's not where you want to go, take this moment right now to intentionally change directions. Now, what I just said has nothing to do with the podcast, but I love doing this with the people I work with because every now and then you just need someone to check you and be like, hey. What are we doing here? What, like, what's our plan? What are we working on? So that way you can bring awareness to it and that way you're not operating on autopilot. You know what I mean? Now, what I was going to talk about today, well, it was this. I, like, I was super excited. I was looking forward to speaking with you today because I was in the bathroom and I wasn't doing what you think I was doing. I, okay, okay, I was. I really was. All right. You know, but that's where we all do our best thinking, right? So you can't blame me. But anyway, I was thinking about, okay, what do I want to talk about today? What do I want to communicate with the people out there? And I was thinking between one of two choices. It was between talking about inner game and maybe teaching you something. And like, for example, with inner game, that's something that's been on my mind lately, especially because I've been planning the Red Velvet Retreat which is the inner retreat that I'm having here in Mexico. And then planning that, I've had a lot of epiphanies myself, which, you know what, like I, I might get into. I might get into an upcoming episodes, but, you know, I've been discovering things like, you know, like a lot of my core wound. I discovered that my relationship with my dad goes a lot deeper than I initially thought. <laughs> 
And I was like, you know what? This might be a good thing to talk about. Maybe someone out there may relate to that. Maybe it might light something up in you, the listener. But again, that's a, a whole deeper topic. And I don't want to get too I don't want to get too dark. You know, I mean, the last couple of months we've been talking about things that they don't have a dark cloud about them. But I like to you know give give you something to inspire you to lift you up. You know what I mean? And so I, then the next thought that it gave me was that you know what? What if I teach them something? What if I, you know, teach them something like giving value or flirting or something like that? Now, that would be great. And I'm sure you want to learn that. And I promise you, I'm going to teach you how to do that. However, though, I wanted to take the chance to inspire you. I wanted to 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 give you something to help you see the greatness of yourself. You see, with me and my lady today, we were going out for lunch. And we were talking about the Red Velvet brand and what I'm doing here. And she was like, you know what, Pop? You need to tell your story more. You need to more talk about who you are, what you've been through, because people relate to that. Like you have a hell of a story. You don't share it with the world. And if you do, you're going to grab more people and people are going to resonate with that more probably than your teachings. And I was thinking to myself, she got a point. You know, Ashley usually does, which is why I recommend getting an excellent woman. They will give you great ideas. And I thought to myself, you know what? Why not? I do have a shitload of stories, a lot of failures, a lot of successes, a lot of funny ones. And I have a very interesting one, one that I don't really talk about because in the back of my head, it still doesn't feel real. Like it's one of those stories where maybe you hear on TV or maybe you hear just on those crazy TV shows, but it happened and it was the wildest thing ever. And it's actually the story about how me and a friend of mine we outgamed a boy band. Guys who have been commercially designed to be pretty, good looking, have all that good stuff. And yet, me, regular Joe Schmo, Pablo, and my friend, we beat them out. The ladies, they gave us their number. And let me actually go back. We ain't some Joe Schmo, all right? We were, we were like, not for nothing. We were great in our own right. We are great in our own right. The friend I was out with, He's actually a music producer who's worked with lots of artists in Hollywood. And me, myself, I, at the time, was working for a New York Times bestselling author, running a mastermind, creating conferences for CEOs and entrepreneurs. And so I say that not to brag, but to have it reflect on you. Don't ever call yourself regular. Don't ever call yourself a regular Joe Schmo because you are doing something great. You just have to see it that way. That's the first thing. Like Before anybody else, you have to see yourself as doing something great. Don't let the world, don't wait for the world to validate what you're doing because otherwise you're going to be waiting forever and your greatness is going to depend on somebody else's validation. So fuck that, fuck them, validate yourself and decide for yourself, you know what, what I'm doing is great. I am making an impact. I am shifting mountains and moving the world. So I just want to give off that little rant here. But back to the story here, the reason why I wanted to share it is because I see how guys operate when they are in the presence of other men that are seemingly doing better than them. And I'll put seemingly in quotation because, again, we can compare all day. But when that happens, I see guys give their power away, give their power away to guys who maybe have more fame, have better looks or whatever. In my mind, I'm like, why are you doing that? That's bullshit. You think like, it's funny, like they think that like, oh, these are the type of guys that get all the best women and I only get what's left. 
and then you end up settling. And I hate that. Like, I hate that for you because I've been there and it breaks my heart because I see the greatness in you. And as you're listening, you know, we haven't met yet. Maybe we have met, but either way, the fact that you're listening to this, telling me that you have greatness in you and that greatness, you deserve that greatness to be reflected in the women that you meet. And so fuck that. They're not better than them. They're not better than you. Okay. You rock with us though. You rock with them. You rock in the same world as them. You're just as great as they are. And trust me, listen, I'm gonna tell you a little secret. I've been in that world before. I've hung around with the millionaires, with the big balls, the CEOs and all that good stuff. And, and, and ran around famous people circles. And guess what? They ain't all that. They're more anxious and erotic than the average guy. Like you think you have insecurities? No, 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 no. These guys, they freak out over the dumbest stuff and they're constantly like, they're constantly like, oh, am I okay? Is this all right? Wait, how does this look? And I get it because, I mean, listen, a lot of their job is based on how they look, but that comes at a cost. So much that it makes them constantly paranoid and constantly insecure. And the funny thing is that you think like they're great and all, but maybe they're great at what they do at music or maybe at sports or acting. But when it comes to connecting with women, yo, some of them suck. And I say that respectfully. Like, for example, I remember at the, being at the airport one time and I saw Nas, like one of the greatest rappers of all time. I was passing through airport security, going through TSA. I look over to my right. I see this one man going by himself being led by a female uh, TSA agent or security person. And I'm like, oh shit, that's Nas. I can't believe that's Nas. And as I'm picking up my bags and everything, I look over and I overhear their conversation. He's talking to a little security guard lady or the TSA lady. She's cute, petite, very curvy. And then I'm hearing the conversation. He's like, hey, so where are you from? Okay, that's cool. All right. And all respect towards Nas. All respect to Nas. The man is a legend. Just in that moment, from that piece that I heard, I'm like, that's not clever conversation. That's no different from what the average guy says. And this guy, he's one of the most creative writers in the history of rap, possibly in the history of music. Yet, when it comes to talking to women, it was like, oh, like you don't say anything special. And then there's another time where I remember hearing about Dan Bazarian. You know, this is the guy who got famous because he would take Instagram pictures. He, like He's buff and he'll always be shooting machine guns and be in bed with like nine women. Well, guess what? He paid for that. Like, he didn't have game. Ain't no way he talked to those women and was like, oh, you know, hey, you know, I like you. Do you like me? You're very pretty. Like, nah. Like, that's all an image. And I have it on good authority that, yeah, like, he, it, it doesn't come from, like, actual game. Like, that's a setup. And so that's what I want you to keep in mind. Now, granted, I ain't going to front. Listen, for me, if you got it, use it. Shit, because I would. Shit, give me a billion dollars. Watch me go ape shit. Give me a Ferrari. You tell me I won't be like, hey, what's up? Yo, you want to come ride my Ferrari? Or I'll pass around the front of the bar and park it out front of my Ferrari? Hell yeah, I would do that. Like, if I was single, that is. Because, you know, I'm in I'm in a committed relationship. I love I love my lady. Baby, if you're listening to this, I wouldn't do that now because I have no interest. I have interest in you. But what about you? You get what I'm saying? If I, If I was single, hell yeah, I would. And so it brings me to the point of this, which is, yes, all that is nice. But if you have to use those things in order to get women, do you really have game? 
Are you really charming? Are you really charismatic? Can you do it without those things? Because that's the real thing. For me, in my mind, face me one-on-one. Face me one-on-one without the bling, without the reputation, ground zero. Let's see if you really got it. Like, if you really got it there, then I really will respect it. Because, honestly, there are very few guys out there that really have it like that. That you take away the suit, you take away the cars and all that good stuff. You just leave them purely with their skills. There are not a lot of guys out there that can really do this. For me, like I said, I used to work for Neil Strauss, who uh, was very big in the dating world, still is. But I got to meet him and a bunch of other guys. And I came to find out that a lot of people in that industry are just great marketers. That they're just great at portraying an image. And so without you know all the cars and all the fancy stuff like this, it's an illusion. Again, like if you got it, I'm not knocking it. Because shit, you worked hard for it. And like I said, I would. I'm not knocking you for it. But my thing is this. It's that what happens when that gets taken away? Imagine living your life and trying to do these things and meet these women with these things as a crutch. Like if these things were, were taken away, then what? Well, let's say you do get in a relationship. And then, God forbid, something happens and then you lose those things. And then the relationship that you started, which was based on those things, now that thing's in there anymore. How sure are you that she's going to stick around? How sure are you that she's not going to go with someone else who has a better Ferrari, the latest Ferrari, more money, bigger house, and all these other things who's better looking? How do you know that? And so let's even, you know what? Let's even go down the rabbit hole a little bit more. So let's say you guys do go your separate ways. Let's say, God forbid, you do lose your stuff. Then what do you do? Can you repeat the same scenario? Can you go ahead and still have those same results? Or rather, can you go into a situation where you're not the biggest fish in the pond? Can you still repeat the scenarios? And shit, that's why game is an ultimate equalizer. For me, that's why for me personally, I've been lucky enough, and I don't want to say it's like I come off as bragging, but for me, I've been lucky enough where I've been in circles with you know my friends, average dudes, and also around millionaires, and, you know, I've been able to still hold my own and still be charismatic and still do my thing because for me, that is my money maker. That is what gives me value, my ability, my skill, which anybody can develop. Like, it's the ultimate equalizer. Like, it, like this is the, one of my favorite examples to give. And it's funny. I saw this on the internet and it was a meme. And the meme, it had Superman, Iron Man, and Batman. Now, you take Superman and you take away the sun which is the source of his power. And you add kryptonite. You take that away, he's some average dude. You can pretty much, you know, you can beat up you can beat up Superman. You know, he may be like strong for an average human, may have some boxing skills, but you can beat up Superman. Next was Iron Man. Take away his money, take away his Iron Man suit. He's some average dude. And guess what? You can beat him up too. But then it was Batman. You take away his bat suit. You take away his money. He's still Batman. He still will fuck you up. (laughs) You're still not touching him. And so that's what I mean. That's what I want you to be. To be to get to the point where they could strip off everything away from you and you're still the man. All right. Where you come up against those big ballers and you don't flinch because guess what? I'm everything you wish you were without the fame, without the money, without the looks, without the clothes. That's what you want to be because you want it to be who you are. You don't want to have anything to be as a crutch. And when it comes down to it, this is my belief. Like one-on-one, 
someone who has really, really mastered this social skills and he's charismatic versus someone with the money and stuff like that. I'm putting my money on the guy who has social skills, which this story I'm about to tell you is going to illustrate. And so let me get into it. Let me talk about it. So, and by the way, too, gather around. I'm going to tell a campfire style. Like this is, this is, this is super storytelling at its finest. So peep this, sit back and relax. And here we go. So it was a rainy night in Los Angeles and I was just leaving a speed dating event to meet up with my good friend. His name was Benjamin. And we were meeting up at the hotel bar at the W hotel. We were going to pregame there. Then we're going to go over there and see a show. It was my first time at the W Hotel. I've heard so many stories about it. I've heard it in Drake's song. And it's a big, fancy place in LA that, that you can go to where the venue was great. The music was, was great. It was good. It was not too loud so you can talk to people. And the women, the women there were, oh, they were gorgeous. They were beautiful. And so I meet up with my friend Benjamin there and we head over to the bar where there's a crowd of people talking and waiting to be served. And there's a large group right next to us who accidentally cut us in line. And I just start the conversation by making a joke and going, oh, yeah, it's cool. You can cut us. It's not like we weren't here first or anything. And then they started laughing and then they apologize. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then my friend and my Benjamin, boom. We end up making friends with them, and right then and there, within like the first few minutes of us getting there, we have a new social circle, a new set of friends that we're talking to. And so we spent the next 30 minutes or so talking and dancing with the group, and you know, me and my friend Benjamin, we're playing off each other. That's what you want to do. When you go out, you want to go out with your wingman who knows you, you know him, you compliment each other. He was there complimenting me, saying that I'm a good dancer, and I compliment him back, saying, listen, dance is the only thing I got. When it comes to everything else, music, he is the man. Like, you want to know sounds. You want to know how music's put together. Benjamin is a guy you want to get to. And so after that, we move to another place in the venue. You know, you don't want to stay stagnant. So we move around the place in the venue. And then we are there talking back and forth, talking to each other and enjoying each other's conversation, which is, by the way, very important. You want a pro tip? When you're going out with your friends, do not not face each other. And just look around the table. Look around the venue. Reason why is because it looks like the guy that you're with is not that important. That the attention and the action is outside of you guys. What you want to do is always have it to be where the guy you're talking to is the most fascinating person there. That's how you give him value. He gives you value. And it makes it seem like the party is where you are at. So we're there talking to each other. And we're just talking. You know, we're just here making friends and everything. And that's our goal, by the way. Our number one goes out there just say, hey, let's just go make friends. And so we're talking, we're moving around. So this is one guy in a trench coat and I compliment him on it. I'm like, yo, you're killing it. I love that. And he tells us thanks and he tells us that, he comes back and he goes, I'm like, thanks, there's, a, there's this boy band that just tried to buy it off me, which keep that in mind. We'll come back to that, we'll come back to that later. And so, boom, he goes off. And then next to us are these two beautiful brunettes. One of them has a resting bitch face and a nice size chest, which is just the way that I like them. I love these resting bitch face. I don't know why. I just think it's very hot. And her friend was another brunette. Uh, she had a pretty innocent face, but she was tall and she had clothes that hugged her body nicely. So we decided to go and make friends. So my friend Benjamin goes over and he goes, hey, did you hear that uh, a boy band was here? Which, by the way, if you want to start a conversation, you could use anything you've used that night and just go, hey, did you hear about this? And it worked. And they were like, oh, really? And they were interested. And they were like, no, we hadn't. 
And from there, I joined the conversation. And then the one that I like, she immediately cuts it off and goes, wait, are you from New York? And I go, how can you tell? And she goes, yeah, I can tell from the way you talk. And I, I love it there. And she actually has a New York tattoo on her foot, which she shows me. And I'm like, okay, okay, we got something here, right? So we continue talking and then boom, I notice on her ring finger that she's wearing a ring. Uh, not the one where she's married, it's on her right hand, but I know she's wearing a ring. And at that point, that's when I do something called a ring routine. Now, this is an old, I'm not going to lie, I learned this from the, from the pickup artist days, which is essentially where the finger that they wear their ring on tells you something about their personality. And you could do something of a cold read on it. And it works fantastic. And the reason why I love it is essentially is that you're just teaching the person something about themselves. So it's not even something corny or something manipulative it's just something a great way to provide value to someone to teach them about themselves so i highly recommend that you google it it's called a ring routine it is fantastic great way to make friends and so and, and by the way between you and i i was nervous as shit to use it I, because i was like yo man like this doesn't work on the super hot girls like this isn't gonna work let me i don't know if i should say this but i was like you know what let me do it anyway and guess what it worked she liked it. And I was like, oh, shit. All right, let's go. And then her friend was super interested. And she jumped in. And she's like, oh, what about me? But I'm not wearing any rings. And my friend Benjamin jumped in. And he was like, yeah, no, it just means you have a blank personality. And it was, but it was just a quick joke that everybody laughed about. And he ended up doing a different version on her. But by the way, if, if you do it well, and her friend's like, do me, do me. That's how you know you're winning. So just keep that in mind. That's why you want to pick up great conversational pieces. And I love finding out things where you can use them to teach other people something about themselves. That's why I love it. But by that point, we hit something called the hook point. And the hook point is a point where they're invested in the conversation. You're no longer trying to win them over. You already won them over and they want you to stay. And what did that was that piece of value, that teaching them something about themselves. That showed them like, yo, these are not just any average guys. So we keep talking, and right in the middle of us talking, some random guy walks up. He tells me, hold on one second, and he goes up to the one that I like, and he pulls out his phone, and he goes, hey, can you fill out this survey? She just looks at the phone, looks at him with a straight face, and just says, no. And he just turned around and left. And then we go, oh, what was that? And then she said, there was no survey on the phone. It was his contact screen. He wanted me to put my number in there. And I'm thinking in my head, yo, what a dick. Like, what's the honor among men? I mean, at least, at least try to go in indirectly or at least have your wingman come in and distract us. But to completely, you know, disregard us and be like, hold on and try to do that. I'm like, yo, that's super a dick move. But then again, it's a jungle out there, I suppose, you know, it, all is fair love and war, they say. And I, I, I changed the conversation at that point by saying, like, well, you know, it's tough for guys to approach women, you know, because hi, how are you doesn't work. And she goes, well, we're here talking to you. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, I see you, baby. Oh, you like me, huh? Well, at least that's what's going on in my head. But for me, I was like, boom, we in there. It's working. Your boy's winning. Let's keep this going. And so we keep the conversation going. And me and my wingman, we, we, we play off each other. And again, I can't stress enough. If you're going to go out with someone and you're going to go out talking to meet women, 
pick a wingman, like someone that you have good chemistry with. I'm not saying you need like this whole routine, but you just need good chemistry and you need to continually make each other good. Because me and my friend Benjamin at the time, like we just kept boom, boom, playing off each other. I said a joke. He built on top of it. He finished my joke. I finished his jokes. And like we were telling stories about how, oh yeah, we... You know, we traveled to St. Kitts and we did this fantastic thing and a party on a beach with a with a guy named Mr. X. And then we kind of teased them about it because they were from Australia and saying like, no, I can't, I can't mess with Australia. That's a big red flag. You guys have big insects over there. Nah, no, thank you. And it was funny. It worked like magic. And the, 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 the girl, when the women went from looking bored to putting her phone down and being interested in my friend Benjamin and the women were interested in, in us. And it was just like clockwork. And I'm telling you right now, like these things are not a matter of like, oh, it won't work on her because she's hot. It won't work on her because, you know, she's been, it's been told by everybody. Like, no, these are things that are basically rooted in psychology that gets the human person to respond. And if you understand these things, Regardless of how hot she is, at the core, she's a human being. She's human. If she's human, then that means she likes to laugh. She likes to be entertained. She gets interested in interesting people. I mean, on a completely side note, I tried this stuff when I went to the Porn Awards a few years ago. That's a different story. That might be a whole podcast of itself. Why not? But I did it on the porn stars. And guess what? It worked on them too. So I'm telling you, like, once you understand the principles of how attraction works, I encourage you to study it. And maybe even study this podcast, looking for what we did and try to replicate it, the process, our thoughts, you know, the formulas. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if they're super hot, it still works. So boom. So we keep going. And the, and the woman that I like, she had a bowl of honey with her. Like, don't ask why. I don't know. But she had a bowl of honey with her. But I just kept teasing her. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to help you find a guy and I'll be your wingman. And as a way to make friends, you can offer them honey shots. And then I just kept playing on the joke because she kept playing along. And then I said that honey shots are the third level of friendships. Because first you exchange names. Then you create a secret handshake. And then you exchange honey shots. Keep that in mind, my friend. Watch. That's going to come back later. So they both laughed at that. Just again, and my mindset is like this. When I'm having these conversations with women, my point is not really to get anywhere. My point is just to continue to have fun, say things that make no sense, and the objective is just to laugh. It's just to have fun. I'm not trying to get them home or anything like that. It's just to laugh, which is why I made the joke about the honey thing. So every little thing, I turn it into a joke. So boom, we started laughing. We started talking about honey shots, which then led off to talking about being freaky and sexual. Of course, you know, when you're working with honey, it's a natural conversation. Then we started talking about Fifty Shades of Grey and being dominant. And then, you know, that's how the conversation goes. So the one I liked, she goes, she's, I'm doing the pee-pee dance. I got to go use the bathroom. Which, by the way, I believe. I really don't think she was like, oh, let me just, you know, leave these guys. Because they have been talking to us for a while. If a woman says, I have to go use the bathroom, and you've just been talking to her for like, what, five minutes or so, chances are you messed up, brother. She was bored. You communicated too much interest or whatever, but she's using that as a reason to politely excuse herself from the conversation. So in this case, I don't think that was the case because we have been talking for a good 20, 25 minutes at that point, maybe longer. So just before she leaves, 
another one of the boy band guys come up again because they apparently they walked in. They walked in. There was a little bit of a hoopla, but whatever. We didn't pay attention to them. But one of them comes in, and just like the first guy, interrupts our conversation, leans in, taps the one that I like, ignores everybody else, and says, "Can I get you another drink?" And she just looks at him with the coldest face, the same cold face she gave the first guy, and just said, "No." And I loved it. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and so they leave to use the bathroom. And me and my friend Benjamin, we actually decide to move to another spot. We didn't want to be there when they got back because we didn't want to make it seem like, you know, we were waiting around for them. Like, that's a very low value move. Like, you always want to make it seem like you're going somewhere. You have something interesting, more important to do, somewhere more interesting to go than to hang around and talk to women. So we walked around we continued to make we went and got a drink at the bar before the last call and as we do that we see the two women appear on the other side of the venue and we see that one of mr boy bands tries to start talking to her and so me peep this right this was a very interesting moment for myself because me being a man of honor you know thinking that it's all fair and love and war i'm debating whether or not to go and interrupt him the way he interrupted us but my friend Benjamin was like, nah, fuck him. Do it. Go interrupt him. He did it to us, so it's only right that we respond in kind. <laughs> and so we walk over. They're talking. We walk over, and we reopen the friend and the women because, hey, they knew us already, so we're already in there. And we start talking about accents. We start talking about how everything's interesting. And then my friend Benjamin, props to my friend Benjamin, Right, he talks to the, he he interrupts Mr. Boyband and he's speaking. Like I said, doggy dog world. You want to snap at me? Guess what? You're about to get it too. You have no idea who you're messing with. We've been trained by fucking Neil Strauss. We got it. Okay. So he interrupts Mr. Boyband and he goes, Hey, um, are you with the boy band? And the guy says, Yeah. And my friend Benjamin goes, Well, what's the name of the band? And the guy says, After Romeo. And this is the moment where we took his soul. This is the moment where it did not matter if you were in a boy band. Your game, your night was over. Your night was over. And so after the guy says, after Romeo, my friend Benjamin, he goes, that's a horrible name. It sounds like you're coming in for seconds after a guy named Romeo. And after he said that, the guy had this stunned look on his face and the women started laughing. And that's how I knew, bro. Game, set, match. Let's go. Get out of here. You, sir, your night is over. You know, after destroying Mr. Boy Band, you know, the women suggested, like, hey, let's sit down. Let's sit down and talk. So I sit down, talk to, to my lady and my friend Benjamin. He's all talking to the friend. I see him exchanging contact information with her. And I'm here to talk with one, my lady, and, and we start getting closer. You know, we start, you know, vibing together. Eye contact is strong. And... At one point, I make some type of joke and I say something along the lines is like, like, listen, you don't have to tell me because we're not at the friendship. We're not, we're not at the, what did I say? Oh, I said, because we're not at the handshake level yet. We're not at that level yet. And she goes, well, let's make a, let's make one. And if you remember, I said that, you know, once you make a handshake with someone, you're, you're really friends. And she goes, yeah, well, let's make one. So we make a handshake that ends up with our fingers being interlocked and blowing on our index fingers as if it was a gun. And so that just creates more connection. Anything you can make, any excuse you can make up to hold hands, yeah, you wanna do. And so at this point, we're getting ushered out by security and she hands me her car and she goes, my direct number is on there. So we do the hand, and I'm like, and I'm like, 
okay. I'm like, let's go. All right, all right. And so we do the handshake one more time. She's excited she got it on the first try. And I just leave it on a high note. And I text her, I'm like, hey, don't forget our handshake. Otherwise, you're not friends anymore. And she's like, nah, I won't, I won't, I won't. And she goes, it's the best secret handshake I've ever been a part of. And the next day, my, uh, uh, you know, the next day, and the next day, Benjamin sends me a link to the bit to the guys to after Romeo. And by the way, like you can try to look them up, but I don't think they're really around anymore. But he sends me a link. I'm like, oh shit, they were a real band. And looking back, that was it. Like it was a hell of a night. Like that was the night that Manu Mano, it was game against fame and game came out on top. And it was, and, and, and I loved it because it was like high level social chess on a grandmaster level. Like they had their strengths, we had ours. We had moves and counter moves and we ended up coming up on top. And looking back, like what were some of the things that we did right? I mean, first off, right off the bat, before we even met the women, our intention there was to meet people. Like we were coming there with a good vibe. We had momentum. We were making friends with everybody. So our intention wasn't even to get women, but really just to enjoy each other's company and to make friends, just to make friends with no agenda. The next thing we did is that we were bold and courageous. The average guy, you know, these women, they were actually by themselves before we went and talked to them. And it's understandable because beautiful women, you know, guys don't really approach them that much. Or if they do, it's not by the right type of guy. And so we decided to go say, hey, we decided to go talk to them. And we, we were bold enough to actually try. So that is a major thing right there. The second thing that absolutely helped us was two things. Our ability to give value and present ourselves as interesting men. Because if we were just gone in there and just talk about like, oh, so you're from New York? Okay, that's cool. Oh, you're drinking honey? Oh, why are you drinking honey? All right, that's cool. All right. But it was our ability to take every piece and every moment and turn it into something fun. We told great stories. We made fun games. So that's what you want to do. You want to develop yourself as an interesting person and develop great stories and develop great little pieces to communicate that I live a great life and I, I, I can share interesting things in conversation. So that helped a lot. The next thing was also, you know, the flirting. The flirting was was not being afraid to throw it out there as well. I mean, it's the banter. Women, especially very attractive women, they respond well to banter. Like, it's their currency. If they see you can keep up with it, the back and forth, boom, you're in there like swimmer. And here's a key thing, too. A mistake that a lot of guys do in this scenario is that they try to, like, you know, obviously we want to get to know the women, exchange the numbers and everything. But a lot of guys, they just skip to that part instead of just enjoying the process, enjoying the fun. That's how women do it. Women flirt for the, the fun of it, for the enjoyment of it. And so when we were flirting, there was no rush to get a number to do anything. We were just enjoying the process, enjoying the fun, flirting just to flirt. So I think that was it right there. The last two things that I think that really helped us with it is reacting superbly when the boy band came in. Because this is one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned. It was taught to me by a friend of mine. Uh, named George, and I'm going to pass it on to you, especially when it comes to other men and other men coming and interrupting you or trying to, you know, beat you out for the woman that you want. And that's this. He said, you just have to trust in the incompetency of other men, which means don't try to beat him because he's going to beat himself. The average guy doesn't know what you and me know. You listen to his podcast, you and I are privy to certain information that very few men on planet Earth have. 
the average guy, he's just gonna shoot himself in the foot and you just gotta let him. So don't compete, which is what I did with the boy band guys. I just let them shoot themselves in the foot. And I guess lastly, it's just, no, you have value too, man. I mean, it's very easy to compare yourself to guys like that. And be like, oh, they have this and have this. But like I said at the beginning of the of the of the podcast, is you have to see the greatness that you have within you and own it. And don't wait for the world to validate it. Walk around with it. Know that, yo, this is what makes me special. This is what I have to offer to the table. And again, you don't have to be some high-powered music producer, famous boy band, or work for a best-selling author. Just you have to see the impact that you're doing. See the greatness of what you're doing. You decide, like, yo, this is great. I'm doing big things over here. And the funny thing is if you're not, right in this moment, you can decide to do that. The minute you dedicate your life to being about big things, that will come off in the way that you act, the way that you move and the things that you do in the world. And from there, you have lots of stuff to talk about with women. So I think that was the best thing of all because I guess when it comes to pretty women, a lot of guys get insecure and think, well, I'm not good enough for her. But for me, that wasn't what I was thinking. Like it never came through my mind, I'm not good enough for her. I'll bite. I was nervous. I ain't gonna lie. Pretty as hell, sexy as hell. Some of the, one of the most attractive women I've ever talked to. But it, in my mind, never the thought didn't think like I wasn't good enough. Uh, because I'll tell you this, my focus was not even worrying about when I was good enough, but, but honestly, it was focused on just giving value and making them feel good. It was really just externally focused and uh, giving them a good experience. That's what was going through my head. So if I could recap it, I say those were the things that were crucial to our success and helped us outgame a boy band. Now, I hope this story was helpful. I hope the story inspired you. I hope this showed you that you too can go up against anybody. You can kill it. You can smash it. You can get the woman you like. Fuck these famous people. Fuck these pretty boys, these alpha douches. I said it. Go after the women you want because you are a bad motherfucker too. You got things to value. You got things that you can offer that no one else can. So you got to believe that and go after that. And then, hey, I would love to hear your story of how you outgame someone. So with that said, I'm your boy, Pablo Rosario. What you're listening to is the Red Velvet Podcast. And what I want you to do is stay velvet out there. Till next time. Later. Yeah.